Welcome everybody to Big Dog Ball Talk with Matt Icorn and Jordan Eagle. Ooh, Jordan, I got, I got the goosebumps. <laughs> Jesus, that was scary. Jordan, how are you doing today, man? Happy Halloween. Everybody's Halloween weekend. Uh, are you excited? I'm so excited. I'm so excited. I'm getting my costume ready. Uh, mm-hmm. Late as usual. I'm not even going to reveal it to you because you're always mean to me about my Halloween costume. So I was uh, we'll have to find out on Instagram later. Historically, you have the worst no, Halloween uh, no. costumes. Uh, I mean, still the all-time like bar none worst was some clown you just put red like your mom's lipstick on your nose and like a, a big ass tie that you found. I don't know what where that came from. Uh, yeah, it was uh, a clown's tie. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, anyway, look, it, but I don't know. If it was like, like I time. said last time, it was a pretty, it was, the, the clown was pretty bad, right? Like, describe the clown a little bit. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I think, I think like, the way that you would put it was a sad clown. Yes, thank yeah. you. And it worked. So it, it came across <laughs> as it was supposed to. So anyway, look, I'm going to enjoy Halloween with or without you, Matt. And anyway. uh, it's great. We actually went to, um, you know, the halloween city or whatever it's called the like pop-up uh the spirit stores. of halloween yeah, spirit of halloween we were there we were, we were gonna go there was a line around the block to get in Jesus. come on everybody I, I just wanted to get a set of mouse ears i'm supposed to be a, a rat for halloween how am i supposed to do that when everybody's well when we went half the shit was already gone so yeah. um so you're not missing much but uh but anyway i'm i'm in the spirit now fully it's always it always seems to be that moment when I walk into the Spirit Halloween store, I'm like, wow, uh, Halloween is upon us. And I've got a lot of stuff, fun stuff planned this uh, this weekend. Going to give out candy to the kids. Wow. And it's going to be great. You're a nice guy, man. I would never give candy to kids. I'd just buy the box, sit at home, and well, they uh, wouldn't come. They wouldn't come anywhere near you. They, uh, I, I wouldn't let my kid. I would what? like specifically guys like you. I'd say. Mm-mm. That was my career for years. You know this. I was uh, yeah. the kids loved me, man. I was a I was a man among children, literally. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, uh, my nephew Attican uh, loves me. I used to you know, I, I punk that kid every day. Yeah. See, that's that's the bad attitude. I don't know. <laughs> uh, but everyone, we got a loaded show for you. Uh, you know, in honor of the of the holiday. Is Halloween a holiday? Really? I don't know. Yes. Yeah. 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 Yes. I guess uh it's 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 an interesting one i'd say it's like mid-tier like like i love halloween but it's like it's a weird one you know what i mean not really a lot of symbolism so yeah yeah. i mean all all holidays we're not going to get into it maybe that's a rant for another day maybe (laughs) that's a holiday rant anyone interested in holiday (laughs) holiday tier ranking big dog ball talk holiday tier ranking (laughs) uh but yeah loaded show guys we're going to be going over the uh the last remaining uh, undefeated teams uh, in the nba right now the golden state warriors who are currently up on the memphis grizzlies as of recording this uh the chicago blah, 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 the chicago bulls just fell to the new york knicks in a uh, an absolute nail biter julius Randle yep. sold the bag on that one uh we're going to dive into uh, why the lakers uh, might just suck uh we're also going to be talking about some of the most surprising and disappointing teams already in the early ongoings of the season uh, following up, we're going to give out the inaugural Big Dog in the Month Award. Legal, I know you're fun <laughs> for that one. Yes, I yeah, am. There you go. That was, a good, that was a good one. Can we get a growl? <laughs> <laughs> that was a good one. That was pretty good. I was a little scared. Uh, <laughs> and then, of course, uh, you know, as I'm scared there, uh, we're also going to unveil the top five scariest <laughs> NBA players uh, that we've uh, we've ever uh, seen on the court. And then Jordan's got a little surprise Halloween trivia to, to rattle my brain with. We'll yeah, see just, I just – I just sprung that one on you today because I, I want more Halloween content. 
I'm gonna try and uh, stump you there. With that yeah, that's all right. That's all right. Uh, I mean, again, I, uh, any chance for redemption for me and my uh, my silly old brain. But uh, Jordan, let's not yep. uh, cut any more corners. Let's hop yep. right into the holiday and let's start talking about the Golden State Warriors. Uh, yep. These guys, you know, we talked about them coming into the season. We thought that they would be, you know, they'd be frisky. They'd be around that playoff bubble, especially without Clay Thompson uh, going to be there. I mean, Andrew Wiggins obviously was going to be carrying the load on his shoulders <laughs> uh, for the team. Uh, but as we're speaking right now, they're the viral up, load. Yeah, up eleven, a little bit, uh, a little bit more through the uh, the second quarter uh, against the Memphis Grizzlies. I mean, so far, Flegel. I mean, Steph Curry's looked great. Jordan Poole has really stepped up, which was a take I think you had there. You said Jordan Poole was going to be, uh, you know, a, a, yep. a, a huge piece to this team. So, I mean, what are you seeing right now that's really giving the Warriors uh, such success early on? Well, I think the the easiest answer is just Steph Curry. Uh, he's been spectacular once again um he had that 45 point game against the clippers uh i guess last week now um or maybe earlier this week um no no it was last week last a week ago yeah yeah Um, yeah and he he started off in the first quarter red hot uh 25 points uh didn't miss a miss a it was either he didn't miss a three or didn't miss a shot but uh you know typical steph curry stuff and uh when you got him performing like that you really just need a good kind of solid system around him and then average guys and you're going to be okay like uh he he we we've kind of seen Steph normally um not so much early on as in his career in Golden State you know the Monte Ellis era but you know since uh the the Warriors drafted Clay and Draymond uh, they've been one of the best teams in the league if not the best team in the league and so it's it was a little bit of a weird adjustment seeing him play with more kind of average down to earth players but he showed sure. last year he can he can carry those guys and uh, and now I think uh, I, I I heard someone kind of make an inter- interesting point about the the Warriors the other day which is uh, over the past few years they they've been improving it just hasn't been like clear to see because they've been kind of pretty bad um, sure. but like even from last year to this year you see the connection uh, that Steph Curry and Andrew Wiggins have and even Wiggins playing with Draymond and Curry like together yeah. like he is really fitting into the system well, um, which is, which is crazy because so many people were so down on Wiggins. Um, that not you, Matt, you stayed up there with him the no, whole time. I, I he, he gave there. up. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> but he, he's, uh, he's even better than last year. Last year was a pleasant surprise and he's taken another step forward. Jordan Poole again is, uh, filling that exact void that the Warriors need another guy on the wing who can, uh, you know, s- score the ball, shoot the ball well, get to the rim a little bit, plays well within the system. Mm-hmm. And they're kind of guys they got around along the or yeah, around the peripheries or whatever, uh, you sure. know, the elites and whatever. They're working out really well. And, uh, you know, I, I, I don't think this is any sort of indication that this team right now is going to be like this dominant, you know, yeah. uh, insanely good team. I think. Uh, they, they've had a really good start to the season, but to have any sort of championship hopes, they need Clay back and Clay back at a good percentage of what he can, you know, give you normally. And so we'll see when that happens. There's a lot of kind of situations like that in the league right now. You got Denver where you kind of yeah. you 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 see them as is, but then you you need to see them with uh, a guy like Murray back to see, and same with the Clippers and Kawhi. So. We'll see. Uh, it, it's still early, but uh, great start to the Warrior season. Obviously, you know, the best you can have uh, undefeated so far. 
Yeah, and and again, I I think you were you were firing all cylinders on those takes. I mean, again, you know, we're seeing Steph Curry, you know, excel and prove to uh, you know the rest of the league that you know he could have been leading this team to championships with or without Kevin Durant. Uh, yeah. And you know, obviously, there's uh, you know a lot of question marks around that 2015 title run. Uh, but regardless, you know, he's a he's a two-time MVP, the first ever unanimous MVP, uh, the best shooter of all time. And you know, if people don't respect him at this point, uh, I mean, I don't know if they ever will. Uh, yeah. So the, to be the devil's advocate, to talk about the you know their their course, their win streak so far this season, you know, two big wins to start the year with the Lakers and the Clippers. Uh, yeah. You know, both tough teams to beat, uh, both games on the road as well, I believe. Uh, yeah. But then you know the next two wins, Sacramento Kings, who have also been a little bit frisky so far this year. You know, uh, the Kings are definitely a team to watch uh, moving forward, uh, and then a yeah. win over the uh, the OKC Thunder. Uh, but you know, now they're playing the Memphis Grizzlies. If they can, you know, finish this uh, this game off, uh, you know, as I said, they were leading them right now. If they can finish this game off, move up to 5-0, and oh, their next games are the Thunder, the Hornets, the Pelicans, the Rockets, and the Hawks. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah. uh, those are all very winnable games. And then after that, Timberwolves, Bulls, Hornets, and then the Nets. Like, they're, they've yeah. got a pretty nice start to the schedule. So, I think that, right, they could rattle off and be something in the range of, like, 10 and two yeah, at, yeah. End of the season and then still finish with only like 40 wins because they're going to end up having to play all the tough competition right at the end, uh, which yeah. honestly could really be worse for them because they're going to like, again, if they're trying to buy for that last playoff spot or if they're in the playoffs regardless, uh, which again, I, I think they will be, uh, yep. you know, they, it's going to be tough because they're going to be drained. They're going to be going through the, the toughest span. You know, you would rather finish yep. your season easily than, you know, finish it hard. Uh, yeah. but even with that, again, I, I kind of alluded to it, you know, Jordan Poole, uh, I think he's really stepped up and I think he's almost been, uh, he's been a very pleasant surprise as the kind of the clay replacement. Yeah. Uh, he's replacement. He's, you could say. Yeah. 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 That's a good one. That's a good one. I like that. Uh, Thanks. yeah. Jordan, the replace, the replacement. Replacement pool, uh, replacement Thompson. There we yeah. go. Uh, yeah, so uh, replacement, he's uh, he's been good. Uh, you know, uh, again, he adds a little bit of a, a different game than Clay. Not exactly the best defender in the world, but yeah. uh, you know, he's a lot faster, can play a little bit more uh, off the dribble, create his own shot a little bit better. Uh, and you know, he's 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 pretty slithery. He can get to the rim quite well as well. Uh, yeah. so, uh, I've been ple- that's been a pleasant surprise. You know, Wiggins is holding it down, and I'm not even saying this, you know, just to be a, a bandwagoner on him. You know, he has uh, he's been playing solid defense. I think that uh, you know he he's really stepped up his game as well. Uh, obviously, you know, he's still trying to find that efficiency uh, yeah. in his game, but you know, some nights, you know, he has been up there in the leading scores, you know, over 20 points. But uh, again, he's still. He's got that hesitancy that who knows why he has it. I don't know. Uh, and that's what's really prevented him from being the guy that I think he is. Uh, yeah. Uh, all in all, I think that my biggest takeaway, and I want to get your opinion on this, you know, I think that this really just proves how great of a coach Steve Kerr is. Uh, because, you know, he's, he's, as you said, like, and I think that was a good point. You know, this team has been improving uh, year mm-hmm. after year, even though it's been a short rebuild so far. Uh, yeah. You know, they, they were really down in the dumps. They drafted James Wiseman, who, again, that's kind of a, a question mark. You know, he's had his health issues still so far, so we haven't really seen him at 100% for too long. Uh, yeah. I'm still a believer. I still I would hold my stock on him. It's not worth much right now, but I would still hold on to it, guys. It's going gonna, it's gonna to yeah. hit the moon soon. Uh, yeah. The Wiseman stock is moving up. Uh, he'll, be, he'll be like Miles Turner 2.0. Uh, <laughs> he'll but, be amazing. Uh, yeah. 
but but again, Steve Kerr, yeah, he he's he's held it down, and you know, people really gave Steve Kerr a lot of crap when he first took over the reins uh, for the Warriors, saying, "Oh, well, you just took Mark Jackson's system and you uh, you threw in a couple little things you learned from uh, Phil Jackson, and now it's a uh, now you have this dynasty because you were gifted this team essentially." But you know, he's proven that you know, yes, he he did definitely you know take some stuff from uh, those who came before him. Yeah. Uh, but he really put it into uh, into like an excellent position for his team to win. He found a way that it fits the personnel and he's found ways to adjust it when his personnel really downgraded in talent and still find ways to win. Uh, so again, I, I'd love to hear you have to say, you know, just uh, on the topic of, you know, how Steve Kerr's impacted this game. Yeah. I think Steve Kerr's been one of the best coaches in the league uh, since he took over. Um, like it, even though I, I, I feel like people think of the Warriors as this like, huge dynasty that were never really tested, uh, you know, throughout the run, but they were tested um, sure. like many times, even when they were at full strength, like the Rockets almost beat them with yep. Kevin Durant um, and Steve Kerr coached all through those, all, all those playoff runs. He made, um, you know, the adjustments when he needed to, he always had these, these warriors playing uh, fluidly and freely and like in, in the kind of style of those uh, late or no, sorry, early 2010 Spurs teams yep. that were so good. And, you know, Steve Kerr was a spur back in the day, uh, obviously took a lot of his coaching influence from Greg Popovich as well. Just uh, he's, he's really one of the most forward looking and like modern coaches we've seen the way he, uh, you know, uses all five players on the floor to, uh, and, and makes them move uh, and makes them pass the ball, you know, ball movement and player movement is, everything in the Warriors offense, they set back screens, you know, Steph Curry doesn't do what as a point guard, doesn't do what Russell Westbrook and James Harden do, which is just stand uh, in the corner or at half court when he doesn't have the ball, he's constantly moving, setting screens for other guys. And it's literally like when you watch the, the offense, you don't even know what's coming. Uh, Like, like sometimes you can kind of predict, uh, you know, offenses uh, in the NBA, you can say, okay, this guy's, but like, they are all doing improvisation on the court at all times and they just wait for openings. And that's all Steve Kerr's system. Like I watched the Mark Jackson warriors mm-hmm. in the last year, they got beat by the Clippers, yep, yep. Uh, which was 2014. Um, those guys had was, deep back then. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. What a, that was a budding rivalry yep. for sure. And yeah, old Lob city team. That was probably the, the best version of the Clippers uh, through that run. But anyway, so, you know, credit yep. to them. Um, but, uh, and that was a tough seven game series though. All started um, because Draymond bumped, uh, I think it was Chris Paul in a postgame. Yeah. Or yeah. maybe it's vice versa, but that's yeah. how it started. Yeah, no, that was beautiful. But uh, but the, no, the Mark Jackson, you know, Mark Jackson had good players and he yeah. was kind of bringing this team along slowly. But Steve Kerr completely changed the way these guys played and really unlocked specifically Curry and Thompson and yeah. Draymond to be probably the most like deadly trio of offense that we've seen maybe in the last like 20 years. Like the, the, yeah, those even three, ever, man. Yeah, could be up there with ever. Like even before, forget, you know, Durant coming and, and joining into the system. He obviously brought a lot uh, sure. on his own as one of the best offensive players we've ever seen. But in 2015 and 2016, uh, the Warriors were just I- incredible, like unstoppable. And I, I give a lot of credit uh, to Steve Kerr. And you see him even doing that now. Like he, he's proven yeah. um, at the beginning of the season and a little bit towards the end of last season when he has a fully healthy team, uh, you know, having Steph Curry out there is uh, pretty useful to have too. You know, obviously, um, you know, you're going to be, you look like a lot better coach when you do have a guy like that, one of the all-time greats, but uh, he is showing the beginning of this season in these four short games that 
he can, you know, if he, if he has guys he can count on, like the Currys, like the Greens, and even Iguodala to have him back, I think is useful for, for Kerr. Uh, just to, you know, get these guys to, to play Warriors basketball, which is, you know, something you never thought you'd see Andrew Wiggins ever do. But, you know, he comes over from the Timberwolves, which is one of the most, you know, it's seemingly mismanaged in terms of, uh, you know, the product they put on, out on the court uh, over the past few years uh, and uh, NBA teams that we have. Yep. Uh, and and Wiggins looked a lot of the times playing there like he was playing in mud, shooting bad mid-range shots. And yet yeah. you see him here, um, you know, playing within the flow of the offense, getting getting him to buy in to play some defense. And uh, no, I, I give a lot of credit to Steve Kerr. I think he's one of the best coaches in the league and he, he keeps showing that year after year. Yeah. And as we move on uh, to another team that uh, definitely has helped, uh, been helped uh, by their, their coaching staff over the past couple of years, uh, the other undefeated team in the West Coast. Uh, that's uh, the Utah Jazz, who uh, are four and zero as of tonight, uh, dominating the Rockets to a uh, a huge one hundred and twenty two to ninety one blowout. <laughs> yeah. Uh, not yeah. you can really tell you know where both franchises are at right now. Uh, and, and I did this with the Warriors, and it's very similar with the Jazz right now. Four and zero wins over the Thunder, the Kings, the Nuggets, with Jokic going down with the knee contusion uh, yeah. halfway through that game. Uh, and then the win against the Rockets tonight. Their next two games, the Bulls and the Bucks. So those next two games are those really going to be, tough, gonna yeah. be those are going to be their real tests. Because uh, again, even when they beat the Nuggets when Jokic went down, they still won by twelve. It's a good margin. Uh, yeah. But before that, it was a competitive game. Uh, you know, personally, from what I've seen so far, again, it's it's more of the same with the Jazz. Uh, they're pretty much running it back from last year. Not a lot of big changes. They picked up you know those veteran guys and Hassan Whiteside and Rudy Gay. Uh, yeah. I thought were great pickups, honestly. Uh, you know, they, they brought some big good time. size, good length. They're, they, they're, again, as I said, they're veterans. They know how to move the ball, and they want to win. They've been in the, the league for a long time, both of them. They've both had a lot of success individually. Uh, so, you know, this is a good time for them to, you know, take maybe a team that, uh, you know, is right on the cusp and try and put them on the precipice of, uh, you know, greatness. So, uh, when I watch the Jazz, they're still all, all defense, which I love to see. I know it's not exactly yeah. the most entertaining for the casual fan to watch. Uh, but it, it is what it is. It wins games. Uh, and, uh, you know, if the Jazz can keep up this pace, and again, I'm very interested to see how they play against the Bulls and more so the, the Bucks. Like if they, yeah. if they can really find a way to contain Giannis, that's going to be, uh, that'll be an interesting test for them, I think. Yeah. Uh, especially. Could be, a, could be a finals preview, depending on who you talk to. Bucks, sure. Yeah. Bucks, Bucks, Jazz. Well, and that's what I'm going to get to. I mean, uh, Jordan, I mean, you know, as we, I, I was saying, you know, it's all defense, but do you think that this defense right now could carry them deep into the playoffs? That's yeah. That's the question. And when you, when you talk about the jazz defense, you have to first talk about Rudy Gobert because he's yeah. the, the, the anchor, the most important defender that they have, the guy that allows everyone else's, you know, it makes everyone else's job easier because, you know, it's easy to be a defender out on the perimeter when you know he's he's behind there, uh, you know, on the back line waiting for you know waiting at the rim. Um, he's he's the best interior defender that that we've had uh, in this game for a, a few years now, and uh, is averaging 19 rebounds a game so far this season, which yeah. is uh, just incredible. And you know, 14 of those um, defensive rebounds. So you know, he defends well and he cleans the glass after doing so, which really helps this team. So uh, you know, I, I it's it's 
it's pretty obvious. Like, I don't think this start uh, is any sort of fluke. Uh, like, even though I know you read off the, the schedule that they've had so far, and it's been, you know, pretty easy, kind of like the Warriors has mm-hmm. um, as well. So it's, you know, a little bit of product of that. But I can see the Jazz being the number one seed out West again. I really yeah. can, especially with how shaky uh, some other teams in the West look like. And we'll get to that. Um, but it is... Uh, like I said in our preview pod when we were looking at divisions and discussed the Jazz, I think yeah. that they would be much better suited in the playoffs packaging up uh, a few of these, you know, guys that they have on the wing who can really score, um, but, you know, sending them off and getting one player back who you can count on a little bit more because I honestly think at this point you just don't know when you're going to be able to use Gobert in the playoffs. Yeah. Like if the Jazz finally get into a series where he's in a perfect matchup, like I think uh, if, if the Jazz meet the Lakers in the playoffs, Gobert oh, yeah. can be on the court uh, most of the time because Anthony Davis is going to be on the court most of the time. And Anthony Davis is going to have a hell of a time scoring anywhere near the basket. Um, and it's, it's going to be hard. But you saw last year when the Jazz play someone like the Clippers – uh, who can go small, uh, it, it's hard to put Gobert out there. So you need to sort of, if you're the Jazz, just be honest with yourself and say, we might not be able to play uh, Gobert really that much for like two rounds uh, or three, uh, you know, mm-hmm. at, at most. It, it depends, the, you know, the way you look at it. So I think you need someone else along with Mitchell to, uh, you know, be a, a really solid and dependable contributor for you because, like, you have a bunch of good guys that are going to help you win a lot of uh, regular season games, like, uh, Boyan Bogdanovich is averaging 17 points per game this year. Uh, Jordan Clarkson is averaging 17. Mike Conley is averaging 14. Like you've got these guys who can score and do really well for like, you know, developing a winning culture. Yeah. When you get to the playoffs, like just, just like we talked about before uh, those guys, I mentioned, even someone like Joe Ingles, it's just harder, you know, to, to know which guy to go to when they, they yeah. they're none of them are perfect players by any mean, like by any means, Jordan Clarkson struggles on defense. Um, Bogdanovich is, is a good player, but he's not like that top tier score that you see other teams have. Like on certainly the not an athlete either. No, yeah, really, <laughs> really not not too athletic. You know, Mike Conley, I really like his game, but he's getting up there in age. So, you know, I don't know who exactly they should be trading away, um, or if there's you know many many good trades that'll be on the table for them. But I th- really think if I was the Jazz, I would be sniffing around around the trade deadline, seeing if there's you know a guy who's a little bit better than than than, than these guys that we've mentioned, yeah. you know, if there's not, then there's not. And, and there's, there's, you know, value in running it back again, because they were a hell of a team last year. And you could say, you know, injuries played a big part, like uh, Mitchell and Conley were both not healthy at all in that Clipper series. And you could see it, they had no one to defend um, out on the perimeter in that series. Yeah. And, and that's kind of what turned it. Um, but, uh, but, you know, if there's a difference maker out there, I think the jazz should really go for it because um, you know, you, you have a good team, you have a good culture, you have a good coach. And you have Donovan Mitchell, who, depending, again, on who you talk to and what reporting you see, um, might be getting a little frustrated. Like, he, he, he last year had problems with – or no, I guess it was the bubble year. Uh, it was reported he, he had some problems with Gobert. They, they seem yeah. to have put it past them. But, um, you know, you never know with a star guy like that. Uh, another guy kind of like Dame, who seems to really like where he is and likes playing and representing the franchise he's, you know, that drafted him and that, that he's playing for. Yeah. Um, but you, you don't want to waste, you don't want to waste uh, too many good years with a, with a start. You want to try and, uh, you know, take risks. Like you've said before, no one has ever won a championship without taking risks. And I think Utah right now, uh, if they're going to say like, you know, cross their fingers, not, not 
sort of look to improve their team in any way and just like look forward. I think they're kind of playing it safe. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, if, if I really think they should be sniffing around for trades, I, I think that's, that's the best thing for them. No, I, I agree too. Uh, you know, it's uh, they, they, they can definitely compete with pretty much anybody, but I think you, you nailed it, you know, with, with go the Gobert uh, take. Cause again, yeah, last year, I mean, when you have a six foot five Terrence man, just yeah. going around and terrorizing uh, your yeah. as a center. Uh, I mean, it's, it's almost embarrassing when you know you have this two-time or is he three-time now? I don't know. Uh, defensive Player of the Year, <laughs> Gobert, uh, and yeah. he can't guard this guy. Uh, like even in the paints, he would come out, he would try and take away the three a little bit, and he would just drive right by him because his feet were too slow. Yeah. Uh, I think that was kind of maybe a little bit of the thought process in getting Eric Pascal from the Warriors this offseason because yeah. he can also kind of a friend of Donovan him. Mitchell apparently. Yeah, from yeah their, childhood yeah. friend. Yeah. Uh, they used to, that was another uh, little quick story. They, they used to use Rudy go, uh, Rudy gay. Yeah. Yeah. In, in Tuka, uh, yeah. 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 And now they, they play with them, which is pretty cool. It's a surreal story if, uh, for them. Uh, yeah. but I think acquiring Pascal, uh, from the Warriors is, is good for them. If they do run into a matchup like that. Uh, I mean, he's definitely not, uh, a high end talent. I wouldn't say he's serviceable. He can stretch yeah. the floor enough. He can play decent enough perimeter defense. Like he plays, he's, he's bulky. He plays bigger than his yeah. size. Uh, but again, I mean, he's not, uh, he's not going to win you games. Uh, and he's certainly not going to, you know, protect you from losing games against, you know, yeah. high quality and high caliber teams. Uh, the other thing, you know, when, when it comes to moving, you know, you're making, you were naming some of these guys that, you know, could be on that block, to, you know, try and push them up to the next level. I think right now, Joe Ingles, and I think I may have said this before is probably that prime guy. Uh, you know, Jingles is a, uh, he's a great player, uh, underrated defender. Uh, cause yeah. I guess he looks like a guy that's playing from the YMCA. Just yeah, he looks 40. Up. His kids are in swimming lessons. We so playing basketball <laughs> for 45 minutes. He wants to drop some buckets on your head. Uh, Him and Boyan both kind of have that look. Like imagine yeah. seeing both of those guys in, in like a parking lot. I'm, those are not NBA players. No, never. Uh, and, and that's the thing. So I think he's, He's, he'd be the one to go. He doesn't start for them, which doesn't, you know, mean necessarily that much. But the big thing with him, you know, uh, he's a shooter, doesn't really create a lot on his own. Uh, you know, again, he's a solid defender, but he's not by any means like a lockdown defender. He's a smart player, but he's not necessarily, you know, a, a go-to playmaker. Uh, so if you're going to spend somebody, throw a first-round pick in there, a couple seconds, whatever you need to do, uh, yeah. like maybe a prospect guy like Miani or whatever, you know. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. The, uh, you know, you throw somebody in there and maybe you can get somebody who's, you know, more of a go-to scorer just uh, down the stretch or even like a, a solid, uh, you know, backup big that can, uh, you know, yeah. maybe lock it down a little bit more. Uh, but besides that, he's, uh, the, the Jazz still, they look good uh, regardless. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll still have faith in them to finish high up in the Western Conference when it's all said and done. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's going to take some time for them to, you know, really find out if they have what it takes and yep. if they get to that trade deadline and they aren't a hundred percent confident that they can win a championship that year. They need to make a move. Uh, yep. There's, there's no time to waste. Cause I think that window uh, for really any professional sports, if you're, if you have that championship window, it's open and it closes within one year. Yeah. Uh, yep. So you, you're not going to, you, unless you have some kind of generational team and talent, you're not going to have that chance. Uh, yep. So they got to, they got to, you know, to put their put their nuts on the table and really uh really show them who's the big dog uh yeah. but uh yeah it's it, it it's gonna be interesting to see man it, it really is uh i mean do you have anything else you wanted to say on the jazz well no just except that uh well one thing i'll add is you, you know it, it, the 
the West as we kind of predicted, but even more so is just so weird uh, and like so wide open. It's so much different yeah. than the East um, where you have the Bucks and even though the Nets are struggling, they're still yeah. kind of the people that put fear into you uh, when you think about, uh, you know, when the playoffs roll around. Um, and as much as the Lakers uh, want to be that at West, uh, it's really, uh, you know, every game you watch of theirs. And I, again, we'll, we'll get into the Lakers uh, shortly here, but uh, every game you watch, it's uh, you, you just find more things to not like, it seems yeah, like. And yeah. then, you know, uh, they were supposed to be kind of the favorites coming in or a lot of people penned them as the favorites. But then you've got all these other weird teams that it's just you don't know what to make of. And so far, the Jazz have floated to the top. And, uh, you know, if that if that sort of. Uh, wide openness can carry over into uh, you know through the halfway point of the season and into the playoffs then maybe the Jazz uh, and I think this is the most likely thing that the Jazz say you know what screw it we're going to go for it again we're going to we're going to take this team uh, and we're going to see you know who we can beat even though on paper you know start of the year uh, we weren't the the favorites out here Uh, we we think we can take advantage of this kind of weakened west and uh, you know that's that's why I I would be very interested to see them how they match up against the Bucks because I think especially with how Brooklyn's performing right now, unless something changes, the Bucs are uh, look like the favorites to come out of the East. Now, I think that's shifted just from the beginning, you know, from what we've seen uh, through the first week here, but um, you know, that can obviously change, but I I would love to see how the jazz specifically uh, match up against the Bucs, see how they defend Giannis because uh, you know, starting to look more and more like that's a a possible finals preview. If uh, we're just, you know, going with reactions from the first week here. Yeah, well, I mean, you said it there, man, to quote the late, great Randy Savage, the cream and the crap, I rise to the top. Uh, and, uh, you know, that's what it looks like the Utah Jazz are doing right now, guys. So, yeah. uh, you know, as we move on from the undefeated teams, uh, and we'll put an asterisk there just over the Warriors, uh, you know. Yeah, we'll see. Guys, by the time you guys are listening to this, you'll be able to see if the Warriors are still undefeated. Uh, yeah. Currently, as we're recording this, or they're up 10 at the half. Uh, so looking good, not nothing. They're not out of the woods yet, but uh, they're looking good. Uh, and just, I, just, just to, just to let the listeners know, we were going to talk about the bulls as the other yep. undefeated <laughs> team. Uh, Cause the, you know, to have one in the East, one in the West, but uh, they went and lost to the Knicks tonight. So blame DeMar DeRozan. He had a shot to win it that he airballed. So. Yeah. He, he was waiting for uh, RJ to jump into him. He, he watched yep. all the Raptors games. He knew that. Yep. He saw it yep. uh, cool. Smart man, smart man. Uh, but as we move on from the, some of the best teams that we've been witnessing, uh, we're going to talk about uh, a team that's really disappointed a lot of people. Uh, personally, me, especially my championship pick yeah. to win. Uh, <laughs> I forgot. And right now it looks like they are going to be maybe like, – they'll still make the playoffs probably, but oh, my God, <laughs> what's going on with the L.A. Lakers right now? Uh, they've, they've started off now, I believe one and four, two and three. Okay. Could be worse, I guess, <laughs> but it feels like they're one and four or oh and five. Like they, even the games they've won, it's been ugly. Uh, yeah. and I think that, that, that the little, like the, the, the cherry on top right now so far has to be blowing the massive, massive, oh, like 25 plus point lead to the OKC thunder. Uh, yeah. I don't know how much of that game you saw Jordan. Um, it was I watched it. I mean, Shy Gilgis, Alexander, I guess GA just went off. Uh, and Josh Giddy. Yeah, and I was going to say, and Josh Giddy. Uh, both those guys just took over the game. But for a team full of, and this is the thing we praised them for and we were excited for for the Lakers going into the season was they're all veterans. They know what they have to do to win these games. They know what they have to do to, you know, just grind out. They should not be a team that's blowing these big leads, especially <laughs> with young. It should be the other way around. 
If yeah, the Thunder yeah, yeah. are up big at half, the Lakers should be know like they should have the wherewithal to know how they need to hammer and come and claw back from this. They shouldn't yeah. be the ones taking their foot off the gas and letting these 20 year olds, like legitimately, no word of a lie, 20 and 21 year olds run them out of their own barn. It's insane. Uh, it, it's, I, I don't, I, I'm honestly almost speechless with the Lakers. Um, <laughs> I knew that there was going to be struggles. Obviously, LeBron going down has been massive. Uh, yeah. But I really, I can say, which is again, another weird thing to say, I didn't realize how valuable LeBron was going to be to this team. Well, it's looking like he's everything to this team because, yeah, the, the couple games you've seen without him have been just r- ridiculous considering who the Lakers have and who they've right. played. Like, even the game before this, they, they did uh, end up beating the Spurs, but it was an OT game uh, that, you know, they, they could have lost uh, pretty easily there. And uh, it's the Spurs, for God's sake. You know, the, the, the Lakers should not, even without LeBron, um, being a close game with the Spurs. Um, obviously, you're trying to give the Lakers some credit here. The fact that, you know, Russ and AD have never played together. Um, and, you know, Russ uh, and LeBron and AD have never played together as a trio and all these other new guys, Mellow and, and whatever. But yeah. when you're talking about the Thunder, which were looking like they weren't going to crack 10 wins this season. Like they have no, no need, no motivation uh, to win uh, this year. They're one of the few teams in the NBA who are not trying to win. Um, and yeah, to be up uh, by 26 points uh, and, and blow it all is just, uh, it's ridiculous. Like early on in this game, Russ and AD looked like they were getting some, you know, good reps in, like they were running a pick and roll. Russ was throwing lobs left and right uh, to AD and to Dwight and Malik Monk had a big dunk there. And uh, even, even Mello got a, got a dunk from a lob pass. Yeah. Um, and uh, like th- these guys looked like they were kind of, doing what they were supposed to do, even though LeBron isn't supposed to be missing games this early. Uh, but the Russ uh, with AD combo was supposed to be, you know, enough of an offensive force that LeBron could take nights off mm-hmm. and they, they wouldn't have to worry about it. Um, that was one of the main reasons you do get Russ and why so far Vogel has wanted to, you know, get Russ and AD out there together. Not so much Russ, AD and LeBron. Uh, because, you know, that's going to take time to figure out, but it's pretty, you know, easy to put the combo together. Russ plus AD, you know, pick and roll, you've got a versatile, um, you know, big man and attacking point guard, like it's going to work out. And and early on in this game, it was. But uh, then for whatever reason, you know, Josh Giddy uh, just starts getting into the paint. Him and SGA, it was like they're taking turns, like one possession, uh, you know, they, they'd each run pick and roll with Derek Favors and dump it off to him. Um, and, uh, or otherwise, you know, they, they'd hit a shot themselves. Like they just slowly clawed their way back there in the third quarter and SGA hit a deep bank yeah. three yeah. to give them, uh, on Westbrook uh, at, the after fake, at the third quarter buzzer to give them lead going into the fourth. And it's just like, how, how did the Lakers do this? Uh, you know, <laughs> to give up all that fun and like, you couldn't write a better Hollywood story. No, no, no. And like the, the point you have made time and again, that the Lakers can't hit threes like this, this is what's going to happen. Other teams are going to shoot the three and get back into it. And the Lakers then are going to have to, uh, you know, uh, you know, at best be, be, be trading twos or, or, you know, whatever the math is, you know, it's going to be harder for them again to, to regain these leads uh, than it would be for other teams. And uh, you know, I, I was just, one of my biggest takeaways like later in this game, the second half was, how fearless Josh Giddy was as this young guy yeah. coming in on all these, all these guys uh, like 
he was getting into the paint, pick and rolls. He was hitting mid range shot. He had an, a, a really timely and one there. Yep, it was kind of a loader. push shot. Yeah. And, uh, you know, hit a, hit a few threes there. And, uh, but then I saw a few times late in this game when it was in the balance, Carmelo Anthony get completely blown by, by Lou Dort, by a few other guys. Uh, they were just picking on him. He looks like he has his feet in cement just standing there. And, uh, you know, if I was LeBron at home watching that, I would be making calls already uh, to Jeannie saying, I changed my mind about my good friend Melo. Uh, he might hit a three every now and then, but my Tell God. The next. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, send Dwayne Wade back to Cleveland, or maybe he'll go to Denver. Both would be good options for Carmelo. <laughs> That'd be both nice homecoming. I'd love to see him back in uh, one of those jerseys. Yeah, let's let's get on Twitter and try and make that happen. Yeah, well, but, uh, you, you bring up Melo. You know, I said there was the cherry on top to there. Now this would be maybe some sprinkles because, you know, it's not necessary, but it's nice to have once in a while. It's a little treat. You treat yourself, <laughs> yeah. everybody. Um, but Carmelo air balls. Yes. The potential <laughs> game winner. He stole it. It wasn't and, even uh, close. It was, wasn't even like it was It was not he even. Was and wide he open. Like, he was wide open. Oh, what is going on? What do you mean? And it's like, that's all you, man. No one was touching you. Like you, yeah. you were that's on you. That- even before that, though, like the the, the I don't know, it, I don't think it was the go ahead bucket, but it was the bucket to put them up three. Yep. Giddy uh, got in there, got into the teeth of de- the defense, laid it off to Derek Favors, who you know slowly laid it in, and then so the Lakers need a three. They have they have all these you know s- supposedly great players on their team. I know LeBron's not there. They have all these these veterans. They have all these different things they can run, and their go to play is Malik Monk ISOed at the top of the three-point line <laughs> off the dribble, pulls up. I'm pretty sure he airballed it also. And I'm like, you guys aren't even going to run an action here? Like, uh, and, and then, again, it was the inbound from OKC that Melo stole and then airballed, which was, yeah, yeah. again, like you put a perfectly cherry on top um, with the sprinkles. Like the, the horrible, horrible season so far <laughs> that the Lakers have been having. And yeah, they, they deserve, they should, it, it does feel, you're right. Like they're like, they haven't won a single game. They've just been, they've looked so shitty. And, uh, and then the whole thing about what Russell Westbrook getting mad at uh, Baisley for dumping oh, yeah. the ball there at the end. <laughs> yeah, he's ejected. Like, come on. Like too many, uh-huh. like everything. It's, it's like everything that can go wrong. Does, like to have Carmelo airball a three and then Russell Westbrook, be ejected uh in garbage minutes and have ad just standing there like he uh like he isn't the best player on the team like this isn't all his fucking fault that they lost this game yeah <laughs> uh, like uh it's yeah you, you can't write it and i really don't think a lot of these guys are going to be on the team in february i think lebron's going to ship him out yeah yeah i think that was a good take you had early i'd love to see this i i haven't watched it but i'd love to i i haven't seen anything i want to hear some more skip bayless uh take <laughs> But MJ would never let his locker room go like this. Oh, that would never happen. Yeah, so oh. I, I'm interested to see that. But, yeah, I, we wanted to just touch on that. You know, we're worried about the Lakers. If there's any, you guys have any Lakers fans in your lives, there's a lot of those bandwagoners. We don't really care about them. But, you know, if you know somebody who kind of likes the Lakers, like they like Kobe or something, you know, send them a uh, check up on them. They're going through it right now. Right um, but, you know, and the Lakers have been a disappointing team. And, uh, you know, we want to talk about it's only one week, but, you know, we've already seen some really surprising and some really disappointing teams this year, uh, whether, you know, it's uh, just overperforming or we've seen players just take that next step and carry their teams. Uh, and the first team I want to talk about is a team that I was I, and there's actually two teams, but this team in particular, I pretty much like took a crap on in the offseason. <laughs> we were previewing them. 
the Minnesota Timberwolves have quietly, you know, been playing. They've been balling out. They've been playing well. Like, I can't say anything about it. They're three and one. Uh, I mean, they've looked okay. Uh, I know two, like two of those four games, I believe, were both against uh, the Pelicans. Uh, yeah, they, they they won the first, lost the second, and then they, uh, you know, they they beat the Rockets. So and then they beat the Bucks. They beat the Bucks in a close one. Yeah. So Giannis I mean, scored forty. Yeah, and Carl Anthony Towns is looking good. D'Lo uh, has stepped up in the clutch at times. I mean, he's still – he's been shaky. Um, that might take that D'Lo is not the guy there. Is definitely – I'm holding on to that. Uh, <laughs> he definitely looked pretty bad at times. But, you know, yeah. Ant-Man, Anthony Edwards has been balling out too. Uh, yeah. I mean, Minnesota fans, I mean, I've been using that term a lot today, but, like, they're a team I put on the frisky list. They could really make some news. They could definitely find their way into the playoffs this year. For sure, yeah. I don't know. I don't I, – I, I don't know if I see a situation where they make the playoffs as in the, you know, the playoffs now in 2021, where you have to be a six seed to be safe. Sure, okay. yeah, but yeah, but I, 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 I totally get what you mean. Yeah. Like I a hundred percent see them in that play and mix. And uh, I think they'll be there this year. Like they, they clearly really want to win. Cat is clearly very motivated to. Yeah. Uh, actually, yeah. Well, of course. Yeah. Cause he's been kind of shit on now. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so many seasons that have been, uh, you know, felt kind of like wasted seasons. Like he's just, uh, you know, wasting his talent uh, up there in Minnesota. Obviously, um, you know, I, I love to see him, you know, back motivated uh, after everything he went through uh, yeah, exactly. uh, this past couple of years, uh, which is just horrible. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, it takes you crazy strength, know. I'm sure. Yeah, you never know how anyone, let alone you know, a professional athlete or a celebrity, someone of that status, is going to bounce back from something like that. But exactly, you know, he, yeah, Some, he's, yeah, he's taken, he's taken all that in stride, and you know, he's turned it into something positive. Yeah, for sure. And so, you know, uh, really just like proud of the way he's, you know, yeah. uh, con- comported himself here, and like it's uh, it, it's great to see. And um, you know, I, I think he's kind of stepped up a, a little bit as a leader on that team, and him and Anthony Edwards. Uh, again, like you're talking about your D'Lo take, like I, I'm not, uh, I'm still not there, but like, I wasn't really a, an Anthony Edwards guy, even after last year, but, uh, he's really impressing me so far this mm-hmm. season. Like the, the way he scores, he's doing it pretty efficiently. Um, and it is a really good sort of guy to have next to cat kind of the perfect scoring, uh, you know, shooting guard there, swing man, um, can, can do a little bit of everything and has some of the best scoring instincts that uh, you know a young player coming into the league that you can hope uh, you know would have um, and one of the best media guys uh, yeah, yeah. as a quotable thing you know every two days it feels like um, so you know good for Minnesota a lot of attention up there these days more than they usually get so good for them yeah for sure uh, another team that we want to give some credit to is a you know a bit of a surprise coming out a trade that I believe if you guys go back and listen to our, our, our uh, Pacific Division preview we didn't even really break them down at all. We just talked about how bad they were, how much of a joke they are as a franchise. And like, they we said, weren't, we weren't going to talk about them. And here we are talking. But they made it, they heard and they, uh, yeah, they, we're bulletin board. Yeah. We are. Uh, we're we talking about the Sacramento Kings here and Harrison Barnes might be the goat. <laughs> I mean, that oh, guy. Yeah. Golden yeah. We did, we did the top 75 list. Uh, I don't know why he didn't come up. Yeah. How did we not, how do we leave him off? Him and Wiggins, man, dynamic yeah. duo. Uh, what if they were both on Golden State at the same time, man? They probably go seventy-four and eight. Jeez, <laughs> yeah, crazy, yeah. crazy to think. What if, right? What if? Uh, uh, but yeah, it's a, uh, it it is insane to see. You know, it's nice to see a team like that that's been down in the dumps for so long. They're they're still grinding. I mean, they're not. Uh, they're they're two and two. So yeah. you know, but 
even in those losses, you know, they've shown signs of life. They, they haven't gone yep. down. They, this hasn't been the Sacramento Kings of old, uh, no. you know, where they face a little adversity and they roll over. Uh, you know, they've got wins over, uh, they've got wins over the Suns. They've got uh, and a the Trailblazers. Over. Yeah, and the Trailblazers. So, I yep. mean, those are, those are both tough teams, and especially for yep. a team that's kind of built to, you know, be strong out of the guard position with uh, Halliburton and uh, De'Aaron Fox. Uh, so it's, it's nice to see that, you know, they're not afraid to go toe to toe with another, uh, you know, dominant backcourt. Uh, and, and again, Harrison Barnes, man, that guy, like that buzzer beating, uh, buzzer beater three. three yeah. Yep. That was a nice shot too. Just straight up caught it. And that's what I was saying. I love it. Just catch it and fade away. I don't want to see a step back. Just pull yep. up. Like uh, it, it either goes or it doesn't, man, especially when it's tie games, make it look sick. And he did. Yep. Yeah, for sure. And like, I think one of the hardest things to do when you are, uh, transitioning from like a kind of shitty team to then an okay team to uh even getting to that like next mediocre 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 step um mm-hmm. is uh being able to win close games because yeah. when you're a bad team that wants to win you can get yourself in uh in close games uh because you know you, you catch even the good teams on an off night whatever if you play hard you'll be in a close game but the trick is winning those games and uh you know to see their two wins uh, even it is even though they are their only two wins uh but to have you know a, a, in a close game uh, a three-point win over the blazers and then yeah to hit a, a buzzer beater against uh, the suns here the other night it's um uh, really builds a young team's confidence uh, and kind of gets the season off, uh, you know, on the right foot. If you can have that exciting finish to a game where you win, you galvanize everyone and, uh, you know, you move forward as a team. And like, like you were mentioning, uh, you know, they've been in competitive games, all four, like even the ones yep. they lost, they lost by nine to the jazz. Who is, uh, Which is uh, respectable. Know, uh, respectable for sure. Like their jazz are a better team um, and uh, you know, to, to, to be in it and uh, you know, compete competitive throughout is great. Uh, little less close of a game against the Warriors, but uh, throughout that game a little bit, they, they were in it with them. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see the, the Kings, uh, you know, their, their next game is against the Pelicans, which they should win. Um, and then they've got the Mavericks and uh, the Jazz again. So we'll see, yep. you know, how they do against uh, kind of tougher competition. Um, you, you know, if they can eke out some of those wins, uh, they could be another team that surprise surprises in the play in next two. Um, because, you know, I, I really like the Darian, De'Aaron Fox and I like, um, you know, Davion Mitchell for them. And, yep. uh, you know, they've got Rashawn Holmes and, and Harrison Barnes, if he's going to play like this, they, they've got some players and, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see what they do. Uh, the Kings, look what they've done. They made us talk about them. Hey, wow. Cool. Never would have thought four games into the season. Hey, well, uh, again, I think I said, if they made the playoffs, then I would, uh, I'd do, I'd rap about them or something. So, oh, yeah. I'm- Something crazy. Yeah, we gotta... We'll see. We'll see. I, I mean, I'm just itching to get my bars out, man. My notepad's <laughs> full. Uh, is there anybody you want to throw in there, Jordan? I had one of the team that I was thinking was a big, uh, has been kind of surprising, like actually fun and like good to watch lately. But if you have one, let's talk about that. Sure. Yeah. I had uh, both of yours so far were, were ones I considered for sure, mm-hmm. too. Um, but uh, the one that's kind of surprised me the most, I think, out of everyone has been the, uh, the Wizards. Yeah, uh, the Wizards are doing well. They're four and one, um, and you know they uh, they lost uh, their their one loss was a fairly close game um, that they lost against the Nets. But uh, you know otherwise they've you know they beat the Raptors, um, uh, they beat the Celtics, and uh, and the what is Pacers. It? Oh, the the Pacers here. Yeah, and an OT. Game. Close one, uh, one point. Yeah, 
And uh, again, just like I was mentioning about the Kings, like if you can win these close games, if you're kind of like one of, one of these kind of bubble teams or a team there uh, where you're, you're going to be in the play in mix, most likely uh, the more close games you can win, the better. And I think they have the personnel to do that. Like if you have Bradley Beal, who's one of the premier scorers in the game, uh, you know, he's going to be able to get you shots uh, late in games when, when, you know, the, the game kind of slows down and it turns into more playoff like basketball. Um, and uh, I really like their addition so far. Montres Harrell has been a beast uh, yeah. as an interior presence. They've got uh, Dinwiddie playing super well next to, to, um, to Bradley Beal. And I would say, uh, again, like I, we, we talked about this a little bit when we talked about the Wizards, uh, Bradley Beal and John Wall were a, a great duo. But I think in terms of how their skills mesh together, I think Dinwiddie's the best guard that Bradley Beal has played with. Mm-hmm. Um, like John Wall was, uh, you know, obviously uh, superior uh, when he was at his peak than Dinwiddie. But when you've got a guy like Beal now who likes to have the ball in his hands a little bit more, can facilitate a little bit, likes to, you know, drive and kick, having a guy like Dinwiddie who can hit, hit threes uh, and then can also be the on-ball point guard himself. Uh, it's just super valuable. And then, yeah. you know, you've got uh, KCP and, uh, these young guys who they're still waiting on getting back. We haven't seen Hachimura yet, uh, as far as I know, this season, um, or or Thomas Bryant, unless they've come back recently. But um, you know, they they they're not even at full strength, and they're they're doing really well. They've really surprised me, pleasantly surprised me for sure. Yeah, I think that uh, that's a great pick. Uh, yeah, four and one. They, uh, actually, Jordan, they won tonight, beating the Atlanta Hawks. Oh, that's, the Beat Hawks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a big win. Four starters in tw- uh, scoring over twenty points. Uh, KCP twenty one. Bradley Beal twenty seven. Kuzma with 21 and Montrez Harrell with 25, 13 boards. Yeah, see, uh, he is eating down there. He is yeah. uh, really what they need, Joe, Actually, with all those perimeter guys. All four, crazy enough. So he had 25 and 13. Kuzma, Beal, and KCP all over 20 points. All three had eight rebounds as well. Bradley Beal also had eight assists. So those four are really meshing together. Yeah, uh, they are. And again, Beal is going to get his buckets and those Lakers boys, they already have that established chemistry. And I said, you know, Kuzma's kind of found his role. He's been actually really stepping up on the glass, which has been nice to see. Yeah, uh, because yeah. again, his rookie year, that was one of those things. He was very uh, more prototypical before all the tattoos and the wacky hair and the outfits, uh, you know, yeah. he was just down on the block going to work and, uh, you know, make, making that blue collar money. Uh, yeah. That's what he was doing. But, uh, you know, now, uh, you know, obviously the, the, the Hollywood got to him. I think that, you know, this change of scenery <laughs> is going to be good for him. Uh, for sure. you know, He's definitely not going to be, at least at this point in uh, my mind, he's not going to be like that all-star or all-NBA guy he thinks he is. Uh, yeah, no. There's there's no question, I think, at this point. You know, he could be a serviceable third or fourth guy. Uh, he, he's, a, he's a solid starter, which yeah. there's no oh, yeah. aim in that. Uh, no. I mean, you can make a ton of money doing that in the NBA. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, the Wizards have been really solid. You know, obviously, we, we knew the offense was going to be there. Uh, they've always been an offensive team. Uh, mm-hmm. But, yeah, the defense has really stepped up as well. Uh, yep. They're still, again, letting up a good amount of points, but they've been playing some tough teams. But I mean, even holding the Nets to 104 points, uh, yep. that's that's a small victory you can lean, uh, you can put your hat on there. Uh, so I'm I, I'm very happy to see uh, how they've been, you know, trajectorying. Uh, trajectory. Yep. They're tra- happy to yep. see where the trajectory is going. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Pardon me, but, but trajectorying is I'm I'm keeping that. I'm using that. Yeah, we might as well. I mean, uh, replacements and trajectoring. Uh, <laughs> we're, we're, we're making up, we're, we're adding things to Urban Dictionary every episode here. Uh, but yeah, the Wizards, I think, are again, one of those teams. Well, uh, that I would even put them over Frisky. I think this is just a team that maybe we overlooked. Because uh, yeah. again, I kind of saw them as maybe bottom, like three of the East, bottom four. Uh, yeah. I didn't really take them very seriously. 
but they've already kind of shown us they can hang with uh, the harder competition in the East and they can even win out. So yep. uh, yeah, oh, the, Wizards, the Wizards might be a team to watch and uh, whether you like it or not, because uh, again, whenever I see the Wizards jerseys, I always kind of get a little pissed off, but uh, I mean, uh, I think they're going to be irritants for, and they're going to be here for a while. Uh, and yep. as we, we look over, uh, Jordan, I quickly want to go over a couple more uh, disappointing teams uh, before we uh, we move on. Uh, you know, Phoenix Suns. Yep, that's who I had. Yeah, not yeah. quite as. And uh, wait, 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 wait. Hold on, Matt. I have to. I have to do something. I promised I'd do. I said on our last pod. Uh, oh yeah, well, here we go. Bug you ears. Proclaim, yeah, yeah. You proclaimed first that. Uh, uh, it was a must-win against the uh, the Wizards uh, in the Nets' next game, which they did win. So good for the Nets. Yep. Well done. Um, but I said I would scream if James Harden didn't have 25 points. He had 14 points, <laughs> and then do you know what he had the next game at? He had 14 points again. Yeah. Um, so so here goes. It's kind of late, and uh, don't want to disturb anyone. But uh... Take your ears. Uh... <laughs> That was a good yell. It kind of sounded like a sea lion or something. That kind of well, confused me a little bit. Well, anyway, that was uh, um, that what I was expecting to come out of you. <laughs> yeah. Well, look, I'm, uh, I'm telling you right now, every single Nets game that James Harden does not score 25 points, that's coming scream? out of me because they are my <laughs> they are my pick to get to the finals, yeah. and I will not be I will not be wrong because some idiot uh, refuses to play real basketball and yeah. can't now score for some reason because he can't get fouled because he can't Literally. jump sideways into a yeah. person. So fuck you, James, you can do it, but you have to just suck it, it up. Yeah. 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 Go, go hit it. I will keep uh, screaming. Hit up a, a sports psychologist that also moonlights as a, a dietitian. Uh, yeah. So then yeah. you're right. Uh, but yeah, again, I, 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 I saw a tweet about it. It was perfect. Uh, you know, uh, I don't have any sympathy for James Harden crying that he can't get these foul calls because he had people guarding him with his their hands behind their backs or from behind him. I know, I know. So yeah. I have I have no sympathy for this guy at all. Uh, I know. I mean, he exploited the, the rule to the fullest, and maybe he's being exposed. Uh, so let's see if uh, Harden can pick this up. Uh, the other team I had was the Sixers, more so. To, they're three and two. Uh, yeah. you know, doing well enough, but I mean, definitely haven't been playing exactly great basketball. Yeah, not Embiid. great. He's really been struggling. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, the last team's just more personal. Uh, the New Orleans Pelicans. Let's get it going, <laughs> guys. I mean, they've been in a lot of games. They've been close without Zion, so I'm I'm not super mad yet. I I'm still I have a lot of faith still. When Zion comes back, uh, they're going to be good. But you know, when we're talking about the Pelicans, Jordan. I think that we, we we should get into this our inaugural Big Dog of the Month award. Oh, <laughs> yeah, it's uh we're gonna be doing this every month. Uh, this is gonna be going out to a player. Maybe we'll mail them an award. Probably not. They probably wouldn't accept it. Maybe we'll try. Uh, well, way. we'll 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 label it. Uh, uh, your actually no, I can't say the joke without giving it away. Keep going. Never mind. I'll say the joke <laughs> after. Okay. Uh, so yeah. The, uh, the award, essentially, we're giving this out to a player who uh, may not be the you know, 30 points per game score, but they really they, they exemplify toughness. They showed out that they're a big dog. They don't back they're down. Tough. They're tough. Oh, yeah. They're, they're old school, and they, uh, they, know, they know how to hold themselves accountable when they're on the court. Uh, and the inaugural winner of this award, drum roll, please. Jonas Valanciunas of the New York. Victory, baby. 
<laughs> so, uh, yeah, Jonas, you know, he, he's been really holding it down for the Pelicans, as I said, especially without Zion there. Uh, 17 points and 15 rebounds so far. 15 uh, boards per game. Yeah, and if you've been watching, you know, he's, he's really been trying to, you know, chip in, especially on the defensive end as well. Uh, he has been taking no crap from anyone, uh, you know, <laughs> throwing Patrick Beverly around, uh, who, again, Patrick Beverly engaged with him, and it's like, come on, man, you don't want to mess with Jonas. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, uh, as I said, you know, I thought that was a great pickup for the Pelicans and he's been balling out. So, uh, you know, uh, it, it's going to be a guy to watch and, uh, you know, I think this is a, a rightfully deserved award. Big time. Yeah. I mean, we, we always, uh, will have a special place in our hearts. I'm sure it's the same for you, Matt, um, uh, as you know, Jonas fans, uh, the Raptors drafted him, um, as one of our, uh, highest, uh, picked players since, yep. uh, God, I think since, I think he was even a higher pick than DeMar. So basically since yep, Chris yep. Bosch anyway, um, and was with the team through as, as they kind of progressed uh, on. And then uh, unfortunately had to be uh, traded as we upgraded for Marcus all, but always going to root for Jonas wherever he goes. And uh, he, he's really turned himself into a guy who can play the modern game, who can shoot yeah. the three a little bit. And uh, you know, he's, always slowly very slowly he was so so bad early on in toronto trying to defend the pick and roll you couldn't even keep him on the floor when he got switched out onto a guard now he can you know he can sort of hold steady out there when when those situations come about and uh has always been a big presence inside protects the rim rebounds really well as you can see yep. especially this year and uh i really want to see him play next to zion so hopefully zion can uh slim down get back on the court yep. and uh but you know, not too soon. I want my fifty dollars. But uh, well, you know, I've heard I've heard Zion's already back on the court running, so uh, he's definitely getting there. I would think by next month, maybe he'll be our big dog of the month. Oh uh, yeah, fingers crossed. Uh, I'm sure Zion will be a candidate for for that award at some point this year, whenever he yeah. comes back. Uh, but yeah, Jonas definitely great to have him on the uh, the list. The pump fake's still working. I love and seeing he, it. The oh yeah. Game, oh my god. Step back. I'm like, he's not shooting it, and then they bite. No, no, no. have a good laugh. Yeah. Uh, but, but no, it, my, my joke was going to be, we just, if, if we want to mail him an award, we just write uh, your 2019 championship ring. You're uh, well-deserved yeah, and uh, he'll, uh, he'll pick that up. Man. I thought you were going to say, send a miniature bobbleheads of us. No, we could do bitty, that too. Bitty bitty ballers. Uh, I don't know if I guarantee that. Yeah, I guess the GoDaddy, I think it was a GoDaddy commercial they were doing that with. That was the best oh my that God. Was a great commercial. Yeah. They tried to replicate it with like, P, like Pascal playing the piano and like, yeah, yeah uh someone oh cj miles pjs like what the hell that was weird and norman uh, powell doing something i forget what but yeah i don't know he was the osmos guy too uh yeah so yeah yeah uh and as we're moving on because you know we said it's halloween ah it's halloween don't get scared i hope i got somebody with that if you jumped i own you um <laughs> but uh yeah it's halloween guys uh put on your masks uh not just your one to protect yourself and your loved ones and just the general public from uh this pandemic uh virus that we're living with right now unfortunately <laughs> but put on your scary masks uh or maybe even your funny mask depending on your i, I once wore a luchador mask uh me and jordan were reminiscing yeah, it was really inappropriate no, it wasn't. It was really good. Everyone loved it. I, I looked really, I, I used to, I, I mean, I'm still, I'm, I'm pretty much the epitome of physical fitness as it is. But at that point I was really hmm. filling out that, uh, that luchador costume. Yeah, you were, you were. Uh, <laughs> uh, and then, uh, you know, we, me and Jordan were talking and like, yeah, I, I was pretty scary looking back then, but who's the scariest, who's the scariest players that have ever been in the NBA? Huh. <laughs> Who is it? So me and Jordan sat down quickly and we went over the top five scariest NBA players that uh, we've ever seen. And we're going to start number five. Uh, number five, 
Scary Terry, of course, <laughs> Terry Rozier. Uh, Where did he get that nickname? I think it just rhymes. I honestly think it oh just Oh, my rhymes. fuck. I think that's Take it. him off the list. I think it just No, no. Rhymes. Scary Terry, he deserves it. To be fair, I remember the, that, the, when he, I think around when he got that for that nickname, that was around when he hit that, uh, the crazy double crossover step back buzzer beater. Uh, on uh, on Bledsoe? On Bledsoe, <laughs> but then Middleton hit the half court buzzer beater. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Um, but yeah, that, that was kind of the emergence, that run when Kyrie was out and Terry Rozier wanted the big money. They didn't pay him and then he ended up going to Charlotte. Uh, but yeah, uh, Terry Rozier. That's more Scary of a Terry. Like no one's really that intimidating. He's like not an intimidating guy. I mean, he kind of <laughs> like honestly. To be fair, to be fair, he he's got big dog energy. He's he's scrappy. oh yeah yeah. He's definitely yeah, scrappy. Yeah, yeah. So like I, I he he'd kick our ass. Let's just say uh, that. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. I'm intimidated by it. Jordan. Get out of here, man. Um, but these next four guys are legitimate monsters, beasts, freaks, whatever you want to call them. Uh, <laughs> and uh, you know, Jordan, this was one of your suggestions. Uh, you know, he was a he's an old school guy. He's a seven yeah. foot four man. You want to seven give foot four. Yeah, I don't know, uh, you know, how familiar all of our listeners will be with Mark Eaton. He played in the 1980s, two-time Defensive Player of the Year, uh, five-time All-Defensive Team member. He was an All-Star once, and he was a four-time block champ. And uh, let me read you some of his uh, block totals uh, here. This will be fun. Yeah, I think a lot of, uh, honestly, our listeners might know Mark Eaton more familiar from, like, NBA 2K at this point. True, uh, true. You know, he's kind of a cheesy guy for anyone who uh, plays a lot of my team on 2K. Um, I'm showing you out here. Uh, he's slow as hell, but he can just stand in there and catch these crazy blocks and get all the rebounds. Yeah, yeah. No, he was, uh, yeah, really just a, a tower, but seven foot four, uh, huge kind of, like, scruffy beard. A yeah. guy, like, I, I, if I saw him, uh, you know, in a, in a country town, I would uh, oh, get yeah. in my car and I would drive away because uh, he could, I think he could kill me with his with his two bare hands. His name um, would be, like, Cletus or yeah. something. I don't know, Ralph. He's kind of like our, uh, hey, our friend. Hey, Doug, that's Big Doug. <laughs> don't you bug, Doug. Kind of, it kind of reminds me of our friend uh, Kai Heemstra. I hope you're listening. Uh, kind of reminds me of uh, <laughs> of uh, a gentleman uh, named Kai who we both went to high school with. But uh, times times ten, maybe. Uh, I hope he doesn't have Kai's temperament uh, because <laughs> I think he would have killed some people. But um, for, he <laughs> he's never averaged more than ten points uh, through his entire career. He played how many years did he play? About eleven years, anyway. Through the eighties. Never averaged more than 10 points. But in 1984-85, he averaged 5.6 blocks per game, which is absolutely insane. And then a couple of other seasons, he had uh, he averaged over four blocks per game. Just a monster in there. Would eat up shots. Uh, seven foot four. Uh, unbelievable. Unbelievable. And, uh, yeah, scary, scary, scary guy. Got to, had to make sure to shut him out. Yeah, and next we're going to move on to number three on our list. Uh, he's a former MVP. He's a Hall of Famer, Defensive Player of the Year. He can do it all. Uh, we're talking about KG, Kevin Garnett. Uh, you know, not only scary as uh, someone who, you know, he, he, he can't be, his thirst for expensive jewelry can't be quenched <laughs> uh, for everyone who gets that reference. Uh, but, yeah, Kevin Garnett. Definitely a guy you don't want to mess with on the court. One of the best, like most infamous trash talkers, uh, yeah. intimidating just from the get go. You walk on the court and this guy's headbutting the uh, the stanchion of the net. <laughs> uh, he's coming out there, you know, slapping like the glass. He's slapping the uh, the ground. He's he's yelling. He's screaming. Anything is possible. I mean, he's doing uh, knuckle push ups. 
Yeah, he's seven foot tall almost. He's a freak athlete. Yeah, Kevin Garnett was a guy you did not want to mess with when he was on the court. Oh, no. He From was start insane. to finish. I remember watching uh, when I was very young, like old uh, mixtapes of Kevin Garnett, like defensive mixtapes. Yeah. And it was, it, it did make me scared to play basketball. He was, it was like, the, yeah, this huge guy, but who would get down in deep, deep defensive stances almost for no reason yeah. sometimes. Slap the floor off with his full palm. Yeah, he was, he was crazy. And the stories of him getting hyped up before games, like apparently if you were a reporter or even his teammate, you couldn't even go near him before like a random regular season in November because he was so hyped up to play in the locker room. Everyone just stayed away from him. They knew to do that because he would literally like slam you into a locker or kill you. So yeah, KG, definitely one of the scariest players to ever play. Uh, number two, we're going to move on to, I've mentioned him his name in the past. He's one of my all-time favorites. Uh Great hair as well, the big afro, an NBA champion, uh, multiple-time defensive player of the year, big bad Ben Wallace. Uh, If you're talking about, like, hoop mixtapes defensively, Ben Wallace has a nasty one, a nasty one. I rewatched that one multiple times. Uh, It's insane. I mean, again, the reason he's so intimidating, too, uh, because he was only about six foot seven or six foot eight, uh, and he really came out of nowhere, right? He wasn't even that tall. He was undrafted. No, he was undrafted. I know, but I'm saying he he played. I think at a like a D three school or something too. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, came out of nowhere, and uh, yeah, he's he was a freak. Rise above the rim. You could be seven foot one, and he'd still block your shot, and he'd be throwing back down like on the other end when he comes off the glass. Like it, he was insane. And then again, physically, nobody could touch him. Uh, yeah. You know, Mouse the Palace proved that too. Yeah. Uh, you know, nobody can – it's been a meme as well. You know, uh, I think we talked about in the all-time meme team uh, draft. You know, we, we put up there. Uh, ben Wall. Another guy who – another guy not, who never averaged over 10 points per game his entire career. Yeah, but no one's going to fuck with that guy. No, no, no. Not a no. chance. Uh, and we talked about Mouse the Palace. Jordan, our number one pick. Easily, by far, the most oh, scary – guy you would ever want to see on a basketball court jordan you the honor. meta world peace as he was known back then mr ron artez <laughs> or panda's um, friend what panda's friend you know he, when he went he played in china and he changed his name to panda's friend and he made i don't know who who made the shoes but he had this sneaker deal he wore these black and white shoes that had like uh, a stuff like a like a what are those things called beanie baby looking panda are you fucking kidding i'm a hundred percent serious if no one's seen it look up uh look up like metal World piece china shoes or like panda's friend shoes but yeah he legally changed his name to panda's friend at one point okay i I, I cannot yeah no he's, he's i think he's got a lot of uh issues to work through but i just listened to a, a, a um a, what's it called like an interview with him on a podcast the other week of talking about malice at the palace because there's there's a new documentary that came out and you know he's a he, i think you know all things considered he's, he's a well-spoken uh smart guy who has a lot of good things to say and sure. uh, has done done well to or kind of set a good example i guess i should say followed the lead of you know other more current guys like demar Derozan, uh kevin love players talking about their mental health struggles and issues before so you know all, all the credits are on our test and I just want to say he was especially, but right that that season leading up to the Malice at the Palace, he was one of the best uh, uh, small forwards in the league at that time. He was oh, insane. Sure. He was a guy who could shoot it, get get to the rim, strongest guy ever, and one of the best defenders in the league. So yeah, uh, but yeah, Malice at the Palace. If it showed you anything, it's not to throw anything at Ron Artest because he mm-hmm. will come to you and he will kill you. He doesn't care if you're a fan. He will take your shirt and he will smash your head into a chair. 
Um, so uh, yeah, don't uh, don't piss off Ron Artest. Uh, well, also, Panda's friend. <laughs> yeah, or Panda's friend. Also, uh, maybe this is what maybe the Nets should sign Ron Artest to uh, maybe yes. put the fear of God into James Harden. Start playing <laughs> up to that contract, or uh, yeah. the elbows are coming out again. Uh, uh, yes, please. Because that's got to be that's also got to be up there in one of like the like most malicious things I've ever seen in a professional sports, especially basketball. Like that elbow to the head was like that yeah. could have knocked him out easily. Yeah, I could have. <laughs> that was like he just caught him a little bit hot. Like if he had been right a little bit more on the elbow, and I think if he wanted to, he could have done it. I think he knew just the amount, but that elbow like crumbled hard and it was insane. Like I mean, we're laughing about yeah. it now, but at that time, that wasn't funny. That was messed up. No, but shortly after, I found that so funny because yeah. he he acted like meta world peace as he was known at that time he acted like he did he, did, he was world just peace. celebrating he 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 was like he was like his 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 mouth was open he was screaming and then he just cocked his elbow and, just, and then after he's like what, what, what did i do it like acting like it was an accident when hey, was james harden was right next to him. he was too fired then, up you didn't he didn't know what he was doing the face James Harden made when he went down was so funny. Oh my god! Thankfully, no one was uh, seriously hurt there. But yeah, that was uh, that was insane. That was sure. crazy. Some good some good memes came out of that one. Uh, I believe there was one with like a Photoshop of James Harden's head was dented in. That was a good one. <laughs> yeah. uh, but you know, moving on. Oh, those are our top five scariest. Ah, got you again. Uh, top five scariest NBA players ever. Uh, tell us who uh, you think that we should have uh, included on uh, social media. At Big Dog Ball Talk, uh, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, whatever you want. Maybe we'll start throwing our emails in there. I don't care. You yeah. can my house in the middle of the night. Uh, I'll wake up and debate anybody. I, I'm always ready. I, I'm like a robot, a, a cyborg. Uh, <laughs> some people have called me the centaur. Uh, but, yeah, it's, it's really a, an interesting uh, time uh, for me, Jordan. Uh, I'm not really going through anything, but I'm just really feeling basketball lately. Uh, and I think this podcast is really helping with it. Good. I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm glad this can help you. And because, I'm, glad because I'm, feeling it, about it. I'm feeling it so much that I feel confident coming into this matchup where you're putting me on the spot again now yes. uh, for some more trivia to celebrate. This is the scariest thing that I've, uh, I've had happen this podcast. Uh, I was on the edge of my seat. This is kind of that climax. The killer's coming in. He's, he's inside the house. Oh, my God. Jordan. Okay, Matt, here's the thing, though. I, 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 I just want to get it out there because I don't want you to be disappointed you are not going to be able to use any of your sort of basketball knowledge or skill to answer this question. You're just going to have to guess. I mean, as far as I know, unless you're uh, more impressive with dates and performances than, uh, than I think you are. Uh, But uh, because I wanted a Halloween themed, I did some research on who uh, scored the most points ever uh, on Halloween, Mm. October 31st throughout the history of the league. All right. Now, there's one guy who stands alone at the top. I'll give you uh, a hint. He is still active. He is still playing. Uh, and then there are three others other than him who have scored at least 50 points or more on Halloween. Through the in, history, one game? in one game. Cool. Through the whole history of the NBA. There have been four 50-point performances on Halloween. And one is um, active, the number one. So two of the four are still active. Okay. Both of the active players who have uh, who have scored fifty points or more on Halloween have won MVPs. Okay. The other two are not active and have not won MVPs. Okay. Um. So 
I'm, I want to take to... a quick stab in the dark here. Sure, sure, sure. One of those non-MVPs, just because I've been like, this is a performance I loved, and I just want to – I have no idea this was on Halloween or not. I don't think it was. Was one of them Kevin Martin? No. Oh, that would have been nice. I love Kevin Martin. That guy was, Kevin Martin, that guy good was a real baller. Real baller. Horrible jump shot, but it went down. Um, okay. Well, I mean – Wait, wait, wait. Wait, wait, wait. wait, wait. I, I want you to guess, but I don't want you to be completely in the dark here because I've given you no real good information. Okay, look. Oh, so. two MVPs? I mean, the MVPs, current MVPs, it's only a couple. Okay, you're right. Fuck it. Just guess. Wait, do you want the... Oh, no, no, no. Here, here, here's the last hint I'll give you. Okay. The, the first player scored 53 points against the New Orleans Pelicans in 2015. And this is one of the active players who has won MVP. It's the Pelicans. Okay. Um, I think that the safest bet of uh, could have been. I'm gonna go with Slim Reaper. I'm gonna go with KD. Close. His Brooke. his former teammate. Yeah, Steph Curry. Oh, really? Yeah. Interesting. I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have guessed Steph. Fifty-three points. That's the most. The most points. Uh, fifty-three against the Pelicans, twenty fifteen. Now, can you guess the other active player also won MVP? This was against. Utah. Oh, you might. Re- okay, you might. You should remember this. Is all I should say. It was against Utah in 2018, but this guy won MVP quite a bit before this. Interesting. Okay. Against Utah, and how much was it? How, did you say how many points it was? It was a straight 50. Straight 50. And it was a pretty big deal when it happened. Oh wait, no, 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 no. Hold on, hold on. I almost just said something really stupid. 2018. <laughs> 2018. Which is quite a few years later, this guy won his MVP. Quite a journey this guy took. Oh, was this the D D Rose uh, 50 with Minnesota? Yeah, that was a great game. I watched like that. That was a great game. Yeah. I feel like I definitely felt a little spoon fed on that one, but, yeah, I, think, but come on. I think with more time, I, I was, I was going to make a quick guess, but uh, I, I think I, I was going to go West or I was going to go uh, Rose anyways on that when you said older MVP. Sure. Uh, Cause again, you know, most of the guys now that are, you know, current MVP caliber guys, they're all uh, earlier on. But yeah, yeah. The, the two that didn't win MVPs, that's what I'm, I'm interested in. Those are the two that are. Okay, so I'll give you, I'll give you the years and I'll give you the teams that these players were on mm-hmm. um, because I think that'll be more fair. So in 2003, this guy played for Seattle and it was against the Clippers. It was in 2003. 2003 played against the Clippers, never won an MVP. No, and not even these other guys were really not close. They're like they weren't close, really. Gotcha, They're gotcha. kind of random. Oh, no, he's way too old. Oh man, Sonics. I wish it was Brent Barry. Uh, <laughs> oh man, yeah, because I'm pretty sure. I'm gonna I'm gonna say, and I I like not if I'm right on this, I'd be insane. Again, he probably wasn't even playing at this point. I'm just gonna say like Detlef Shrimp. That's my guess. No, no. close. Richard Lewis. Oh, so very close. I, sometimes I get them mixed up when I see yeah. both of them too. Yeah, and okay, I'm just gonna, okay, okay, uh, and uh, I'll just give you this one. I don't even know how to give you a hint on this one because I don't even know who this guy was playing for. They only list the two teams because I forget because this guy was traded a lot. But he's he's a guy who played in the '70s and '80s. It was a game between Utah and Dallas, so he played for one of those teams, and it was in 1980, Halloween night, 1980. The last 50-point performer um, of the four that have done it. Utah and Dallas? Yeah, Utah. Alondo Blackman. 
<laughs> that's a good that's a close one too i Damn. think he was on dallas in the league no adrian dantley okay yeah hey, is he no not a hall of famer i think adrian dantley might be a hall of famer you know I he might, might be a hall of famer i might because, be off on that like i could be wrong i could well, be no but I, I but what i was saying is not an mvp Sure. But, yeah, yes. Yes. But, I, I was um, just thinking. Yeah, he's a Hall of Famer. But I, I was just saying. Yeah, that that makes sense, though. Oh yeah, he is. Well, he he was one of the who a player who some people consider the snub on the top seventy-five. Yep. Uh, because he was a guy who could really score the ball, but was traded so many times that he was kind of uh, you know considered by some to be kind of like an issue to to to, yeah. to, to deal with. Anyway, I don't know enough about it, but a hell of a scorer, like uh, a guy who pretty much twenty-five points per game for his career. Uh, yeah, multiple you know, times scoring champ. Six boards. Yeah, he was. Uh, he was a guy who could. Yeah, get get to the rim. Uh, yeah, uh, from the tape I've seen of him, really, really talented guy. Yeah. Yep. Well, Jordan, you you stumped me on those. I mean, technically, I got. I got you. But again, I would say you know uh, I was spoon fed it. Uh, as we're uh, we're closing up the podcast, guys, thank you again so much for listening to us on uh, this Halloween weekend. We hope you're all uh, really enjoying uh, the holiday. Uh, ironically enough, uh, Jordan, the, the the funny thing is. That uh, you know, I wish Halloween was just one day early. We could have recorded right on Halloween. Technically, I know it sucks. Monday, we'll be we'll be here the day right after when you're but, hungover. You're gonna yeah. be hungover after Halloween. Put us in your ear. We'll you'll hear our sweet sweet voices. Yeah, this will lull you guys to a, a nice uh, Jordan's weird seal moaning and me <laughs> trying to catch you on your catch you on your toes. Uh, but as we're recording this, we were talking about the Warriors being the last undefeated team, 91 all right now, uh, with four Ooh. minutes left. Uh, so that's a game that, uh, you know, me and Jordan are going to have to hop off here and check out uh, so we can yeah. give you guys uh, the best uh, takes we possibly can. Uh, but as always, everybody, thank you so much for listening to us. Uh, make sure to download us on uh, any streaming platform that you're using. Uh, share us to your friends. Uh, anything you can do really helps us out a lot uh, in our growth. We've seen a lot yeah. of support so far. Uh, we're having a blast doing this. Uh, we're going to keep doing it and doing as much content as we can for you guys. Uh, but yeah, if you guys can, you know, do it, anything you can to help us out, it's always going to be appreciated. And, uh, who knows, maybe down the line, we'll, uh, we'll do a little something for you guys. We'll figure it out though. Yeah, uh, yeah. thank you so much everybody for listening to another episode of big dog ball talk. And, uh, as my good friend, Jordan always said, yeah, so this, so this off high school, um, keep it classy when you can, but why about when you can Well, that's why I'm, I'm leaving it sort of. I'm leaving there to be room for when you can. But I'm, I'm saying people aren't perfect. You can't always be classy, but when you can, you should. I think you're an example of someone. No, no, I was going to say you're an example of someone who never keeps it classy, even though no. sometimes you can. What? And it's, it's just a little embarrassing. Me. Not classy. Yeah. yeah. You're insane. I've, I look, one, I look great in a suit. Uh, <laughs> I could probably pull off a top hat if ever given the chance. Uh, and That's I what think I'm saying. I have, you have, I have so many chances. I, have I said when you, can, when you can, you you can get a top hat at any time. You haven't done it, so you have yeah, Again, you, you have to listen to what I'm saying and take the advice. So uh, your next function, let's say Halloween, you mm. put a top hat on in a suit and we see how you do. So I should be a classy rat Halloween. Yes. Ratholomew. Yeah, the the rat that escapes the lab and then goes on to make a bunch of money. Stuff. Stay for